Welcome to Rise Up Network, and thanks for tuning in to episode 199. I am your host, Jennifer Crewalk, and I am so excited and honored to get to welcome our guest, James Carmody, who serves as the host and co-founder of Rise Up Network. James, welcome back to the show. It is great to be on this side of the desk. Um, yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a <laughs> lot of fun. It's great having you <laughs> over there. It's, Thanks. Uh, it's an honor to be in this seat, and I'm filling some big shoes right now. So, you know, James, you're the primary host of, of Rise Up Network, and you're the co-founder of the show, but you, know, you didn't, as you say, wake up like this. <laughs> and so what's your journey been leading up to this point? Did you grow up in San Diego? So... Great question. So, no, I did not grow up in San Diego. I am uh, I'm actually a transplant from a town called Situate, Massachusetts, which is about 25 miles south of Boston. Go Sox. Yep. Go Sox, baby. And uh, we're just getting into football season, so go Pats. And, um, you know, dad was, a, dad was a ship pilot, former sailor in the Navy, and uh, mom was a homemaker and then a home health aide. And they raised myself and older brother who's about four years older than I, um, you know, and like most kids in the Northeast, you know, you go to school, you play sports, you know, you get into trouble, you goof around and then you figure out, you know, where are you going to go to college? And um, interestingly enough, I actually got into my dream school, which was uh, Fairfield University. Great school. Awesome school. Um, you know, go Stags. But I went to orientation and was like, I shouldn't be here. I'm going to party my way out of here by Halloween if I stick around. So I actually went into the uh, the dean's office and found one of the administrators and uh, got them to sign off on me doing a year-long program for a nonprofit under, under AmeriCorps. The program is called City Year. And uh, it you know, was started um, by Bill Clinton during his first administration. And the idea behind City Year was to take – people from 18 to maybe it's 25, but early 20s from diverse socioeconomic backgrounds, put them into teams and then put them into elementary and middle schools in lower income neighborhoods and act as teacher's aides, as well as doing some community outreach. So I spent a year of my life, this kid from, you know, small town situated, mostly, you know, white Irish Catholic. And um, I was on a team with you know, a Hispanic lesbian gal from San Francisco, um, a guy who was just re recently released from juvenile delinquent hall, um, two refugees from Haiti, a refugee from Africa, really diverse team. And it was my first exposure to like a broad spectrum of different types of people. And where was this? And this was in Boston. Okay. You know, this was, this was in Boston. And what I, I loved about it is I was the only one on my team that wasn't assigned to a teacher as a TA. I actually had half a dozen fourth and fifth graders that had been passed along that didn't know the alphabet. So here you are, you know, you're this 11-year-old kid and you don't know your ABCs yet just because of, you know, where you live, where you grow up, all those things. And so I had these kids one-on-one -on -one every day for 30 minutes and, you know, we'd, we'd barter between discussing Nintendo games for half the time and then working on the alphabet. And the cool thing was, is by the end of the year, I had these kids reading books. You know, wow. I had them being literate. And the, 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 the benefit to it is their self-esteem and confidence just exploded. Of course. And in turn, that impacted my self-esteem and confidence. And it opened up my view of the world to, to it, it's the foundation of who I am today and, and, and 
you know, really was the foundation for my love of people and a wide range of people. And, you know, I'm getting moved just talking about it. But that's what this show is about. Mm-hmm. Is about sharing the good news, sharing stories of people from all walks of life that are making a difference. And my journey started with that program. Fast forward. So just to pause yeah. for a second. So, I mean, because I know you, you know, I work with you every day. I look up to you as a mentor, as a phenomenal servant leader. I learn from you continuously. Uh, I mean, you've impacted my life probably more than you know. And, but in that story that you just shared that year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Year long. Yep. I'm just seeing that servant heart right there, completely explode. That impact, Mm. that year had such an impact, not only on your life and the trajectory of your life leading like throughout this journey, leading up to this point, but also on those kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was phenomenal to see these kids and they're coming from single parent homes and maybe they have siblings that are, you know, into gang activity and drugs and, you know, just things that I'd never seen before, you know, as a kid coming from a middle-class, non-diverse, community. Fantastic community. It was great. I, I wouldn't trade anything for it, but I just, I didn't have that exposure. And to have that exposure to make that level of a difference in a, another person's life is tremendous, you know, and, and I'll take the, that experience and the skills that I learned with me forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know? I, we're, our team, myself, uh, I mean, even my fiance, we're on the recipient. Of course, our audience, our community is the continuous recipient of that. So just, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. So, okay. So you complete this program. It's in Boston. So, you know, you wrap up this year and then what's next? So wrap, wrap up, um, you know, my year as a core member with City Year in Boston. Go to Fairfield University in Fairfield, Connecticut. Love it play rugby, go to business school, party, learn how to build networks and and be super social and really learn the soft skills that had me succeed in business. And, you know, it was interesting because I graduated in May of 2003 and I grew up commercial fishing and I was like, you know, I knew I wasn't gonna do it for a career, but I'm like, I need one more summer on the boat, like one more summer on the boat. I get it. And so that's what I did. I, you know, I worked one more summer on the Michael Brandon out of situate mass and worked the summer. And then the season was up right around, you know, Labor Day uh, of 03. And uh, I had a couple friends that had moved to San Diego that were, you know, family friends. And I came to visit for a week and that I, that became a three-week trip after canceling my flight twice because I hadn't put my resume together yet and I, you know, hadn't started really the, the career path. Um, originally, the plan was to go to New York City and get into pharmaceutical sales and, you know, and I had a couple of cousins that did that and I saw their lifestyle and it was, you know, something that was attractive to me. But in that vacation here to San Diego, I fell in love with San Diego. And what got me was just say, try it for a year, try it for a year, you know, and I'd tease them, you guys, you guys are all stoned. You're worried about the surf. Like I got a plan, you know, but finally after, you know, three weeks <laughs> asking, asking, I finally said, you know what, I can do this. And, um, uh, you know, I went home and I told my parents, I'm like, you know, mom and dad, I love you, but I'm, I'm moving across country. And I got here just before Thanksgiving of 2003. And my first day in the mortgage business was December 15th. It was right as interest rates had dropped from eight to seven, you know, ballpark fixed rates. And it was like everybody was refinancing. And I, I went on five interviews and four of the five companies were mortgage companies. And there's like, hey, you know, you call people on the telephone, you talk to them about their finances and saving money and, and you help them out. And, you know, I've been a math nerd since I was a little kid and, you know, love puzzles and stuff. And I was like, sure, I can do that. 
and, and really had a lot of success early, you know, and I, and I love the mortgage industry. It's been so good to me and my family. And, you know, it's something that I will do forever. Yeah. So that's another role, obviously another hat that you wear, um, that you have. So share with us, what, what, what is that? So, I mean, to me, the mortgage business is one of the greatest businesses in the world where you have such a, you have such an opportunity to make a profound impact in another human being or family's life. You're doing one of two things. You're helping them achieve the dream of home ownership or buy another property or help them refinance and save money and put money back on the family balance sheet. I can't think of much better to do as far as giving back and serve people at a big level than that. And it's pretty entrepreneurial, so you can do it in a creative, fun way, which, you know, speaks to my creativity. Um, you know, I love having you on my team, being able to build a team and design the business the way I want and not someone telling me this is how it has to be done. Right. Um, and it's just been phenomenal. I've been, you know, now in coaching for several years and really have good consultants and counsel around me. And uh, it's just been, you know, a fantastic run. So uh, let's uh, just quickly touch upon that. So you had mentioned coaching. So yes. what does that mean in your life now and in the past? Gosh, I mean, well, in the past, I mean, soccer coaches, basketball, giant slalom, rugby, you know, just sports. And, um, you know, getting into business, I don't really think of a coaching like that, but when the market crashed 2007, 2008, and my pipeline just went away. Like I watch a company that, you know, I was managing with 50 plus loan officers go down to three of us in less than a year. You know, your income takes a hit. I took on massive debt. Like truthfully, I almost went bankrupt. And I was just looking for answers. Like, I, like there's gotta be a different way. And up until that point, we had been spending a lot of money on internet leads very transactional business model. We never met our clients. You know, we didn't really have a network. It just wasn't what I was taught. I didn't know. And so when you start looking for answers and stuff, and then, you know, I start seeing these coaches and mentors online and these different networks and, you know, you get on these calls and you listen to this person and say, hey, build your network. And that's what I did. I, you know, I went to one networking group and then it was one relationship at a time, but I started to first get free coaching and consulting and then paid for coaching and consulting. And now, you know, I can't see doing my business any other way without a coach or a consultant by my side because they hold me accountable to do the things that I know there are to do that maybe I'm reluctant to do and maybe I don't quite have the discipline to do. You know, it's, it, it's, it's like any athlete, you know, that they need that coach to get them to the next level that's going to hold them to account and make sure that they're in the gym, they're doing the reps, they're doing – that's what a business coach does. It's the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so powerful, and that really helps you to continually being to to continually be a phenomenal leader because you're always improving. You're improving yourself, <clears throat> the way that you're uh, reassessing your business, the process that you have, mm -hmm. how you're interacting, uh, not only with your team, with the company, but uh, most importantly with uh, with your customers, and always continually refining that and making sure that it add it adds value. Um, across the board. So thanks so much for doing that. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. And not only do I look as look to you as a um, incredible positive impact in my life as an amazing servant leader to myself and so many, but also an incredible coach and really getting people out of it's, it's not only that uh, 
leading with a heart of service and serving others, um, but it's also wanting more for the people around you, wanting more for your community. So, hundred percent. You know, I think whether you, regardless of what industry you're in or what you do, I think feedback, both personally and professionally, is so important. You know, people call it a feedback loop or, you know, constructive criticism, whatever you call it. It's important to have someone else shine the mirror on you and not just you trying to figure things out. And, (laughs) you know, if you really, if you want to grow and you want to stretch yourself and you want to continue to expand and make a larger impact, you need people to tell you the stuff you don't want to hear. Absolutely. It's it's only going to help you to grow more and to refine yourself in that process. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit into Rise Up. Rise Up, baby. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, what a show. We're, you know, this is episode 199 Woo-hoo. and we're about to release episode 200. Who would have known? I mean, right? <laughs> just some numbers geek trying to figure something out, interviewing people. And here we are fast forward in our fourth year and approaching 200 episodes. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dig into some of the milestones. So, I mean, it was a stat. So the show was established in, uh, the end Q4 of 2015 and it was established as rise up radio. You're, uh, a co-founder and our primary host. And, you know, the first episode was in January of 2016 and it first started on radio. So what did that look like? Gosh. <laughs> well, first, you know, the the idea of the show that I was pitched was to have a radio show on on real estate and mortgage. And I was like, absolutely not. There's so many of those. We don't need any more. Thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And, uh, it, you know, and the, and the guy's a good friend of mine and he was persistent. And, you know, fast forward a couple months later, he's like, I think you guys should really like consider this. Like, you know, you guys got, you, you guys got skills, you, you got some talent, you know, you got a story to tell. Well, oh, thank you again. Thanks. No, thanks. And, but then we were like, well, wait a minute, what are we, what are we missing? What's really the opportunity here? And that's when we actually had to do an honest look and say, okay, what's missing as far as media storytelling, distribution. And for me in my house, like we, we haven't watched the five o'clock news in probably a decade. Like wow. you need a beer in a Xanax to even get through it. You know, probably the first 30 seconds is a murder or a DUI or shoplift. And we, we, we didn't want any, uh, nothing like that at all. So we, we really said, what are stories of people that are doing good things out in the community? Who are those servant leaders, those men and women that are actually making a difference that may or may not have access to the platform and the distribution that we do have the resources and we do have access to? Rise Up was really born out of those conversations. How can we give people a platform and an opportunity to share their story, to make a difference, to raise their visibility and their credibility, and ultimately enhance and expand their reach and the impact that they're making in the community? Absolutely so powerful. So, I mean, the show exists to empower now America's servant leaders. That's right. And when the show was first launched, its primary focus from a regional perspective was San Diego, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it was first launched, you know, in San Diego and it was, uh, it was two of us and we're, we're literally calling our network saying, Hey, we're doing the show on, on leadership. And, uh, who do you know that would be a good fit? And, you know, literally calling through our, our friends and family and our, our sphere of influence. And, uh, you know, that's how it went for the first like three to six months. And, you know, fast forward now, I mean, 
You know, this is episode 199. We've had over 400 guests. You know, the show's booked out 60 to 90 days in advance. And it's just, gosh, you know, it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to share the stories every week. And then in uh, August of 2018, the show rebranded to Rise Up Network. Yep. And we transitioned into digital media, right? Yeah, you know, we were on um, an AM radio station here in town and, you know, not knocking that, but it became a little old and antiquated, Mm -hmm. um, honestly. And, you know, so we made the shift to go to podcast and go through a multiple media, you know, digital distribution channel. And we're reaching way many more people than we ever would have on AM radio. Right. And something uh, that we're really grateful for is that... From day one, from the first episode, even though it was released, its primary distribution was through radio, uh, we're really grateful that we were able to capture those episodes and also to then create the podcast as well. So, you know, it was on radio since day one. It's been a podcast also since day one. And now we're, uh, our distribution channels have shifted, but also expanded and really caught up, as we say, with the times. Yeah. You know, I, I think the... Um the power of technology and the ease in which you can get a message and a story out is tremendous. And it's only continuing to evolve. And, you know, hopefully we're doing our best to to kind of keep up with it and be as nimble as we can be. Right. And I know um, we've only got a few minutes left, but I have some questions that uh, I'd love for the audience to hear. So who are some servant leaders that uh, inspire you to keep rising up? Who are some servant leaders inspiring me to keep rising up? Gosh, I mean, there's 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 a lot. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start re, you know real quick with a, a couple of the guests. I mean, w- one that just jumps out at me, you know, as soon as you say this, Ken Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Ken Blanchard's a guy that you know I've been fortunate enough to get to know a little bit. Um, you know, on a surface level, we got an award that he he gave away a few years ago, and he's been a guest on a show a couple times. But talk about someone who took the opportunity to be an author and tell stories and just explode that and share a different philosophy on leadership that really shifted the org chart on its head and said, the boss's job is to empower everybody. What? You know, like who even thinks like that? You know, and then what's what's relatable to me, you know, is that he's also a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Christian. I grew up Irish Catholic and have, you know, newly been coming back into my Christian faith. And I just, I just love Ken's ease with the word. Mm. You know, he's really down to earth and you can talk to him. It's not awkward. He's not hitting you over the head with the Bible. And I, I just, I really appreciate that about Ken. So Ken Blanchard is a, is a leader that I really look up to. Um, gosh, we've had so many people from the military space come on, you know, he's probably going to punch me later, but Honestly, I think Derek Abbey is just a phenomenal guy. Couldn't agree more. You know, Derek, with what he's done first at USD and then at San Diego State, you know, enlisting as a Marine. And I mean, I could go on and on about Derek, but Derek's just making a tremendous impact in our in our community here in San Diego. And there's, I mean, there's countless others, you know. And then one is like, you know, that I'm with is just my dad. I know I get moved by that. I'm like, do we have a crying filter? <laughs> okay. It's real. Yeah. My dad was, you know, he was the oldest of four. His dad passed away when he was 18. You know, had a heart attack in, uh, in Boston 
And I can't imagine the impact that has on a person being the oldest of four kids, mm. you know, and he's in the Navy and had to deal with that. And, you know, is he dad? Is he not dad? Is the older brother? All of that stuff. And uh, after serving in the Navy, he uh, he became a ship pilot. He was a ship pilot in Boston for 42 years. He brought uh, super tankers in and out of Boston and worked his butt off. I mean, day, night, hot, cold, sick, whatever, you name it, ships coming from halfway around the world, you got to go. And he went. And uh, he was pretty selfless about it. And uh, yeah, so my dad. <laughs> yeah. So amazing. Absolutely. So powerful. Someone from day one in your life, James, such an incredible servant leader and Rose, an incredible servant leader who just continues to pay it forward, to serve others, to serve others, not because he has to, but because he wants to. And because he wants to empower other people to rise up as servant leaders and just know that they can share those stories of what they've overcome, uh, you know, and it also show that resiliency. And I want to honor you on behalf of uh, myself, our team, the show, and most importantly, our audience and say thank you. 100%. You know, that's in the thing is, and this is. If, if people take nothing away from this conversation of what we're doing here with Rise Up, it's stand up and serve another person. Mm -hmm. Live a life of service. It doesn't cost you anything. And it can be as simple as smiling at your neighbor and just being a friendly presence. It can be that simple. You know, that coworker that they're having a challenge and they need a little bit of grace. We don't know what's going on. Two, sure, if you have a bunch of dough in the bank, write a big check. Rise up will take your money. <laughs> but the bottom line is serve others. Amen. Amen. You know, live a life of service. I guarantee that your heart will expand. Your level of gratitude and happiness will explode when you begin to serve other people. James, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for wearing multiple hats. Thank you for helping to found and launch this show. Thank you so much for uh, being committed to it being committed to sharing the good news. Thank you so much for not wavering and uh, staying focused on uh, bridging that gap and knowing what uh, San Diego needs and really what our nation needs is to continually share the good news and to spotlight these servant leaders across our nation that are continuously rising up and making a positive impact. Thank you so much for all, for all that you do. Uh, James, as we close out our show, what or as we close out our episode, what are some parting words for our audience? I mean, again, get out there and serve on people, love on people, you know, and again, it doesn't need to cost anything. It can be as simple as a smile. It can be a smile. It can be a nice gesture. It can be a pat on the back. It can be grace to that coworker or family member that, you know, grace was taught to me by a pastor friend of mine, Roy Mason. And, uh, you know, Roy said, Grace is something that's needed and not deserved, mm -hmm. right? So true and so, so powerful. Who's that, who's that person that, you know, needs a smile or just needs a helping hand? Whether they deserve it or not, doesn't matter. Don't get into that stuff. And lastly, you know, for the younger people that are listening to this and people that are trying to figure out their way, you can be a good person and make a buck. You can be a generous person and still earn a living and take care of those people around you. 
So I, I think that message is not is not shared enough. And we we send these kids out of college and transition out of the military, and it's make money, make 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 money, make money. And that's important. Yes, you need to pay your bills, but you can also be a good person and be generous. You know, so start to develop a heart of gratitude. Start to get involved in service and serving and loving others. And your peace of mind and level of satisfaction with your life will expand. I promise you. Couldn't agree with you more. James, thanks so much for <clears throat> turning the roles. Thanks so much for being a guest on your own show. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. Oh, geez. We're laughing over here, crying. Uh, right? How I do think you guys that, talk me into this? I think that we might have a part two of this episode. Stay tuned. There might be another one to follow this one up. But James, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us as a guest on Rise Up and... We always encourage you to go out into the community, make a positive impact, and don't stop rising up. <laughs>